Hi there, it's Martin Wardle from Robson Nerdler. Um, continuing my series of interviews here, I have Mick Neal from the Department for International Trade. Now, in what can only be called exciting times where businesses are looking to try and diversify and do a whole range of things, whether it's through COVID or upcoming changes to uh, international trade, I thought it was worth getting a, a spin from someone who knows this inside out. So, hi Nick, how are you doing? Hi Martin, I'm doing really well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. That's okay, anytime. Um, Nick, can you just give us a, a brief intro as to what, what, what you do, what your day job is, what areas you cover, that type of thing? Of course. I'm actually the International Trade Advisor for rural Northumberland, so my patch is everywhere from Holt Whistle to Berwick, and I'm what they call a general international trade advisor. I don't have a specific sector specialism, but my background is in credit and financial risk. Okay, then. and I presume there's versions of you for the different regions, Nick, which will be apparent from your website, I would imagine. So, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But obviously, if people from Holt Whistle to Berwick want to have a chat with you, it would be you they would get. Um, that's fine, we've got that. We'll put the links in the, the descriptions. So, 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 Nick, there's a lot of people, you know, sitting, I'll say they've down tools for, forcefully often. You know, it's not that people have decided to down tools, but what, what would you suggest people do? Where, where should people start now if they're looking at international trade in any particular way? Well, now is actually a fantastic time to actually get some plans in place to look at the markets that you might want to go into your routes to market and also to look at actually spreading your reach within existing markets okay then so obviously this is going to be quite dependent on things like building up supply chains possibly the supply chains you had may disappear because of course this is a worldwide thing that's going on at the moment um I mean, you know, how, how easy is it to build up a supply chain or how easy is it to pick a country that you want to import or export to? Research is really valuable. Um, our website, great.gov.uk, actually gives you insight into a lot of different markets and where there is actually opportunities within those markets. We actually have an opportunity finder within them which has live export opportunities so if you are thinking is there a demand for that service or product in that market that's a good place to start you're absolutely right supply chains are vital and at the moment everybody whether you're trading internationally or not should actually be looking at the security of supply chains talking to your trusted suppliers and actually finding out if they're having any issues, because even if you're not actually accessing your supplies internationally, the chances are that your suppliers or somebody further down their supply chain is actually getting some of the goods from an international market. So have those conversations absolutely vital. And then if you do need to look to diversify your supply chain to strengthen it in case of a COVID-19 impact or other economic impact, um, then speak to the Department for International Trade and we can help you identify suppliers internationally and actually make those connections for you. Okay, so you make a good point there then, Nick. I, I, I may be sitting buying paper from a, 
the local supplier. It's probably a bad example, but you know, I'm, I'm buying something from a local supplier without necessarily knowing the original source of that that that, that good or product. Um, I mean, what how do you approach that with with the UK? What might be a distributor for an international you know, kind of import firm? But how how would you approach that? Then, what type of questions should you be asking? Um, I would actually make it, if they're one of your main suppliers, chances are you're going to have quite a good relationship with them. In actual fact, if you've got a distributor who you're buying from in the UK, they will already have strengthened supply chains because they're actually getting their goods from many different markets and then acting as a distributor. Um, so they will already be looking to see. So that's quite an easy conversation to have where you actually have a single company that isn't actually warehousing supplies from lots of different sources. That could be more of an impact if they've got a problem further down their supply chain. But it's just having that conversation, particularly now, it's a fantastic time to actually just reach out and strengthen these business relationships. and. Ask them, how are they doing? How is everything? You know, are they okay? Is there anything that you need to be made aware of? Are they struggling to get product? You know, what markets are they actually gaining their products from? Is there something that maybe you could do to help them? So it's all about building that relationship and strengthening it. I've mentioned this a few times in these interviews, but it's almost like most people think Zoom has just been invented. Of course, it's been around for years. Um, I, I, I suppose in in these in the current climate of you know difficulty of travel, that type of thing, some people might be put off thinking they can't forge a new relationship with someone in Japan. But of course, technology makes it possibly easier than ever. I mean, is is that true, or do you think there would still be a case for popping out somewhere if you're going to set something big up? We would always say face-to-face -face is the best. Absolutely. But if you can't do that because of something like COVID, then actually having these meetings where you can actually see people, judge their expressions, you know, actually be able to have more of a personal face-to-face -face chat I actually set up a meeting um, with one of my clients the other week and we had somebody in Aberdeen, somebody in Annex, somebody in Leeds and then three of my colleagues in their own homes in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia and we had a really productive route to market discussion on gaining business in Saudi Arabia. You know, so to be able to do that when normally, particularly in markets like the Far East, Asia Pacific, and the Middle East, we would say you need to get on a plane and go and see them because they really value those personal relationships. Yeah. To be able to do that using modern technology is not perfect, but the best substitute. And, and what happens then, Nick, if you if you ring your supplier or you ring your distributor and they say, well, actually, I'm glad you ran because that order we've just delivered is probably your last. We're not going to get any more. Um, and let's say it's sort of fairly bespoke. I mean, people are going to have to start looking at other ways of trading, aren't they? They're going to have to be looking at different scenarios. And then, of course, we've got the, the you know, the leaving of the EU coming up at the end of the year. I mean, what, what, 
what would you suggest people start doing now? You know, how do um, plan we, when there's options? We've actually had this situation um, quite a lot in certain markets over the last few weeks. There have um, been well-recognised shortages in some products. And myself and my colleagues at the DIT um, and all of our embassies and consulates around the world have been working really hard to re-establish supply chains for these products and to actually work to alleviate where there are shortages and also to feed this information back to central government so they're actually aware of the pressures that some businesses are facing and to see what they can do for example some of the policy changes they've done with regards to importing ppe products etc you know are particularly to help alleviate these problems in supply okay then. so I mean, we've, we've talked at the moment about, to some degree, about looking after what you have and protecting your current position. Um, I presume there's people out there seeing opportunities and wondering how best to get onto those opportunities. Um, have you got any starters for those people? Absolutely. If you've got a situation where you think you can maybe pivot your production or your manufacturing to actually fill a need, then this is a really, really good time to be looking at that. Um, I know of one business um, very close to my family where actually they used to do um, large displays for advertising for people like L'Oreal, etc. And they've actually pivoted their production and they now have supplied all the screens for the supermarkets, for the cashiers. Right, that's interesting. I suppose if you've got a factory that can bend clear plastic in particular shapes, yeah, I suppose yeah. that makes sense, doesn't it? There, there certainly was a rush of big demand for till screens, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, some of my colleagues down in Teesside have seen some of the chemical companies down there really step up to the plate with things like sanitising. I've got a product... Um, sorry, a client in the Tyne Valley who actually has managed to modify one of his products so that it can be used for room disinfection and he's thriving. So some businesses really have been able to see small changes in their products and manufacturing to actually fill a need. And in, is, is there a pattern here Nick on the size of these businesses because you could be forgiven for thinking these are small teams who can be more flexible but some of these businesses are pretty big that are pivoting very quickly aren't they? Yeah we've seen a full range it's everything from the really small guys sort of less than 20 employees to the big multinationals it's it's more a question I think of flexibility of thinking you know, to actually have that attitude of just thinking, is there something here that we can do? And then the will to carry it out. And obviously you've mentioned there some fairly topical things like screens, sanitizers, etc. We look, you know, scraping through my memory banks, I remember seeing news um, sections on things like 
you know, China can't get enough Land Rovers or Scotch whiskey. I mean, is, is there still a is, is there still this idea that you know the West produces luxury and, and people will still want that, or, or you know, or is it just more mundane things now? I mean, what, what type of things are thriving on the export market? Um, brand UK is still seen as a very high quality brand across the board. Um, but certainly there is uh, a demand for luxury goods. I was actually on a webinar from my colleagues in Beijing the other week, and they said that when it got to week six, between six and eight on lockdown there, um, they actually saw online demand for ordering designer UK handbags go through the roof because people weren't out spending money and they wanted to treat themselves. And I have two clients who actually work in the homewares department um, section, different parts of it, but they're seeing what they call pre-Christmas levels of ordering. They, they actually had furloughed staff and because of the online demand, They've had to bring them all back off and they're now looking to hire more people so they can actually cope with the amount of business they're getting. Interesting. Is, is there everyone in Japan wanting the right handbag for when they make their kind of, when they come out of lockdown, <laughs> you've got to look right. You can't, Absolutely. You, can't be, Absolutely. you can't be seen with that pre-lockdown handbag, can you? You've got to have a post-lockdown <laughs> handbag. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I suppose people might be sitting out there and they're thinking, well, I'm not really sure what I can do, but but everyone's aware of the kind of, you know, you've just given a good, good example there, someone who makes display screens, making, I suppose, cough screens, for want of a better word. Everyone probably knows that Barbara started making scrubs. Um, there's probably never more than ever, there's, 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 there's tips to be gained by looking at what your competitors are up to, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. And in some of the sectors, actually, some of our clients who work in the same markets who might be seen as being competitors have actually been working very hard and pooling supplies so that they can actually get their products out because they were having problems with shortages in supply chains. So looking at what your competitors are doing is a really, really good point. And also, you might be able to steal a march on your competitors. Some businesses have taken the decision for their own reasons that they're going to suspend trading, stop trading, or are trading at reduced levels. This can actually then give problems to their customers. So is this something that you can then step in and actually offer your product as a replacement? Yeah, I mean, what, what, one thing certainly has, has been borne out in our um, local WhatsApp groups within, you know, probably mirrored across communities across the UK, but certainly in ours locally, is people are now saying things like, and actually it's been in the news today about things like cheese, you know, where are you getting your cheese from? Well, oh, we're not, we're not going to buy the supermarket cheese anymore, we're going to support the local supplier, we're going to get the meat from the butcher, why? Because it comes from a farm up the road. And there's this kind of idea about support and local, isn't it? Um, what is interesting as well is that some of the some competitors have literally closed, whilst others have pivoted. 
cafes are a great example someone out doing deliveries and they're, they're doing a roaring trade on delivering anything from cakes to ice cream to coffees to you know everything in between um you know what's 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 the most innovative pivot you've seen them nick you, you know you mentioned the screens there what else is going on just to give people a couple of ideas even um, on the spot <laughs> does put me quite a lot on the spot um i guess most most people know about the gin producers who are now producing hand sanitizers that's actually a big shift for them. Okay, the distillation process is similar, but actually in terms of viscosity and what they're actually having to do, that's actually pretty different. Um, but now, I mean, there's, there's all sorts going on out there at the moment. It's, it's really quite amazing the broad range that you get. And as we're reaching out to our clients as well to see how we can help them, some of the stuff that we're getting told is quite incredible, but yeah, people are being very innovative. And I think it's just a case of looking at what your strengths are and what you can actually apply them to. Yeah. I mean, it, it's quite interesting because I, I got sent a, a screen grab from a PayPal account of someone whose online sales have basically gone up I think it was increased by 200%. And you might think, well, that's great if you're selling handbags, you know, people are buying. But this is someone who sells carpets and flooring. And, they, and they're selling flooring, not just, not just locally, but nationally and internationally. It's crazy. And I suppose if people can't get out and they want something, they find somewhere that sells it and they'll, they'll order it. And it's probably never been easier now with, you know, UPS will pick stuff up from your door. You know, take it straight where you need it to be. You, you don't need a fleet of trucks anymore to, to run all over the country, do you? So, obviously, other no, other providers exactly. are available. But um, <laughs> what, what, um, so, so I mean, I mean, I can't ask you to plug yourself and really, Nick, you know, to plug the Department for International Trade because he's on competitors with any clients or anything like that. I mean, what, what, what? Just take us through the steps that if I was thinking about doing something. I rang you with an idea, I'm going to start selling baby grows to Iran. I've just literally made that up, as you can tell. It's not the best example. <laughs> what, 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 what would you, I presume you'd tell me, first of all, it's not the best idea in the world, <laughs> but you do it based on research? Um, right, so what, what generally happens is um, our very good office team um, we'll speak to you, get an idea of what it is that you want to do. They'll do any basic research that they can for you. Um, and then they'll put you in touch with your local international trade advisor. You'll have a meeting with me at the moment. It's by Zoom. That's absolutely fine. And we really just want to understand what your product is, where you are in terms of development, what ideas you've had about what markets you want to go into, and then also if you've had any thoughts about your routes to market, which is absolutely vital when you're looking at market penetration, but also your pricing. And then we'll also ask and try and ascertain what you understand about exporting. Exporting is quite complex. There's lots of different um, things that 
you need to be aware of that you don't necessarily need to know if you're just trading within the UK. Um, but we're here to handhold you all the way with all of that. So if it's your income terms, if it's your payment methods, um, your method of transportation, are you going to sea freight it? Are you going to air freight it? You know, how, you, how do you penetrate a market? Is it somewhere like Saudi Arabia who now has their in-kingdom in total value-added program? So you need to look at demonstrating how you're actually going to add value within the region. Um, there's all kinds of different things to know about. Do you need to have connections, introductions with potential buyers within that country? How do you actually have to set up? Do you need to look at the tax situation there? So we can help you every single step of the way, whether you're a first time exporter or you're an experienced exporter who's looking to go into a new market. We have our consulates and embassies around the world. We're in touch with all of them. They're great at providing market information, market entry information, giving support. Uh, we also work with our partners around the world as well. Um, so we can really help you just get there. And obviously when we are all allowed to travel again, there's trade missions, there's international exhibitions, but also some of the international exhibitions are now going online and details of those are on our website as well. So that might be something that you want to go and have a look see. Just, just to put you on the spot again then very briefly, Nick, it, I mean, you, you mentioned that you can look at certain countries and what their demands are, or I suppose, you know, what, what, what's in fashion at the moment. I mean, what, what, what type of things are you seeing in fashion? You mentioned the handbags. I mean, if we've got any clients out there, I don't know, I, I suppose metal isn't something we would export. We normally import metal, but if you do something clever with it, you know, you never know. It, how, how easy is it for people to get an idea of whether what they do or something they could do could be in demand? Um, best thing to do is talk with us, um, but also do your research and think about it. I mean, there is that thing, it's the old adages, isn't it? Do you really want to be selling sand to the Arabs? So yeah. <laughs> think about your market, think about your product. But a great point is if your product's seasonal, everywhere around the world has a different season. So for example, something that you sell in the summer here, you might be able to sell in the Southern Hemisphere to give you a 12 yeah. year, sorry, 12 month um, customer window rather than just a six month one. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point actually, because yeah, to, to, once you start looking at hundreds of other countries, I suppose anything's possible, isn't it, within reason? Um, but it is interesting what you say there, I suppose, we're never going to sell um, a cheap mass market product across to the east because that's what they send us by the crate road, isn't it? Presumably that's why the luxury handbag does well in Japan because they don't have a Japanese luxury handbag make, presumably. So, you've got to, yeah, you've got to think carefully. You can't sell them the stuff that they sell us, for instance. Problem is... It's competing on price. Yeah. When you're looking at mass-produced 
because you have to take into account your shipping costs, your landed cost of the goods. Generally, manufacturing costs in the West, in the UK, are more than they are in places like China. Yeah. So to compete on landed cost is really, really difficult. And we would normally say as well, don't compete on price. The race to the bottom, you'll never win it. You know, you want to be looking at what you're doing to add value to your product, what makes your product more attractive. The fact that you've already got a UK product or service stands you in really good stead because it is valued. That brand UK is a value brand. So you're already starting from a position of strength from that, but it really is all the added value, your service, looking after your customer, you know, so don't try and price yourself into the market. Nick, we've talked about what, I mean, you have said goods and services, but it feels like a goods heavy conversation is, I presume if you've got a good service, technology now lets you deliver that service in more places than you, than you might have. Um, I mean, what type of services travel well? Do, uh, I don't know if that's, again, that may be a bit of a, I've just thrown that in there with no notice, so. <laughs> um, well, obviously there's marketing. Um, that travels as a service very well. Um, legal, likewise. Um, yeah, I mean, most things that are services, you can export. And that's why no, but certainly do. things like advertising, branding, media, all that kind of stuff, it, it exports very well. We've just got to be careful, I suppose, on things like legal or you know, tax accountancy. We, we know this from experience. You've got to make sure you know the, the local rules, as we call it. Not, not our local rules, their local rules. But there's no, no reason why you can't learn those local rules and form a bit of a niche, is there? Absolutely. And there's also no reason why you can't actually um, set up a joint venture or have an associate within that country. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and to be fair, that's what we do. We, we're part of something called IAPA, the International Association of Practicing Accountants. So if you need a, an accountant in Berlin, we don't have an office in Berlin, but, you know, we can put you in touch with a a reputable vetted you know accountant in Berlin we could equally just partner with them and deliver the advice white white label or joint venture yeah um Nick I normally I normally finish these things by ask, asking for a tip I suppose and you know, just just to set the tone we, we, we've got COVID going on we've got lockdown we've got businesses pivoting we've got demand for goods that nobody even really heard of thought of um, we've got popular goods that have been decimated, their markets have disappeared. Um, and that's before we consider what could happen with the EU. Um, you know, at the moment we're leaving, the date might change, it might not change, but there's certainly a lot to think about for imports and exports, isn't there? What, what, what would you give as a, as, a, as a kind of a tip, just something that will keep people on the, on the straight there? To be honest, at the moment, take the time get your plans in place, do your scenario planning, 
Okay, now whether you do that on time, on market, on finance, do your planning. It's really important. Um, exporting is not a quick thing. If you're going to go into the international market, it takes time, it takes resource. So this is a perfect time for you to actually identify what you want to do, look at your markets and plan. And then also take the opportunity to take the time for some proactive communication, whether that be with your existing suppliers and customers or with organizations such as ourselves. You know, it can only be a positive thing. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, I suppose conversely, you're talking about international trade, but I presume there might also be things that disappear where importing them will become awkward or tricky. I suppose that in itself will open up new markets for UK national firms to supply or to fill that void. Um, so again, knowing what comes in and out across the borders is all part of the same, same message, isn't it? Be aware. Absolutely. Be aware, understand your market, keep an eye on the situation and look to see where you can take advantage of an opportunity. Well, thank you very much, Nick. Um, I think I've taken enough of your time. What's the easiest way for people to get in touch via the website? Speak to the office and get allocated an advisor. Is that, does that summarise it quite well? Absolutely, absolutely. If you go on to great.gov.uk, there is a section on there for find your local DIT office and you can get in touch through that. Thanks very much, Nick. Appreciate your time and some great tips there for people. Until next time. Thank you, Martin. It's been a pleasure.